Hello, and welcome to the Girls Fuel podcast. My name is Haley. I'm a registered dietitian and nutrition coach here to help you along your health and fitness journey by providing evidence and experience-based knowledge and full transparency. We have a lot to chat about today, so let's dive on in. Today, I am joined by my good friend, Sarah Bishop. Um, Sarah is also a coach in the space and has had a lot of growth in the industry recently. Um, Sarah, do you want to tell us a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, sure. So thank you for having me on. Um, My name is Sarah. I just started a business with my good friend, Meredith, Fortify Health Coaching. So I was doing the solopreneur thing, coaching um, and mentoring some people, you know, on my own for a couple of years. And, you know, this kind of idea came up in opportunity with Meredith and, you know, we decided, you know, if you want to go far, you know, go together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we linked up to create Fortify Health Coaching. So that actually just like all went live like this last week. So probably a couple of weeks after people are listening to this. Um, but our website is now out and newsletter, social media channels, like all that kind of fun stuff. And, you know, we're just continue, you know, excited to continue serving our clients, you know, as best we can and continue to grow together and learn together. And then, you know, also reach more people as we continue to grow and build out our services and, and resources and whatnot. Awesome. Yeah, it's been really cool just watching you build that and see where the idea came from. So definitely we'll link um, Sarah's different Instagram pages in the show notes so you can check those out. Today, we are going to talk about training and your menstrual cycle. I don't know about you, Sarah, but I get the question all the time from my clients. Should I be changing what I do in the gym based on where I'm at in my cycle. Cycle syncing is something that comes up a lot on social media as well. Um, And I feel like you and I have pretty similar, but maybe a little bit different twists on our opinion. And I'd love to hear, you know, what your thoughts are on that. Do we have to train differently when we're on our period versus when we're not? Yeah. So I feel like this became more of a thing over the last two or three years, like maybe 2021, 2022, you started hearing more about cycle syncing and changing your nutrition, changing your training, changing different things, you know, um, lifestyle wise around your menstrual cycle. And I think it's awesome that we have like more awareness and people are talking more about women's health and that like, Hey, like women are different than men and our hormones, you know, fluctuate a lot more and this is normal. And it kind of explains why you might feel some type of way more than another, you know, at different parts of your cycle. And I also feel like what, and what I hope it does is help educate women about how to actually track their cycle and understand Mm. their cycle better. Because I think a lot of us were just kind of, when we learned like to track our cycle, we just learned like, okay, like count how many days. So you make sure you have enough tampons in the house kind of thing. But we didn't really learn like, okay, no, day one of your bleed is day one of your menstrual cycle. And, you know, ovulation is the main event of your menstrual cycle. And I know you've had like podcasts about this before. So I don't want to like, you know, really dive into it too much. But yeah, I think just like really like understanding about like what's going on is really um, empowering. However, at the same time, I think there's a lot of 
hype and confusion when we start throwing around things like cycle syncing and do you need to change your training with your menstrual cycle? And for me, like I say like how you should train during your menstrual cycle or doing your, during your late luteal phase before your cycle is how you should always train. You should always show up with whatever intensity is there. You should always listen to your body and auto-regulate if needed. But I don't really buy into any type of cycle syncing stuff because I think it is just, it's what you need as an individual. And we just do not have the data out there to say one way or the other, as far as any type of, um, you know, different training recommendations, depending on where a female is at in her cycle. And um, yeah, we, neither of us like just, you know, we we like being evidence-based, right? Like, and evidence-based doesn't always mean you have a PubMed abstract to back you, but I think just throwing out claims that we don't have any data to back is dangerous and also not really empowering for, for women. I agree. I think like you mentioned, the first step is just building awareness around the different phases of your cycle and tracking trends for how you feel in each. And obviously, you know, we all have different hormonal levels. Maybe some of us have hormonal imbalances and we all have different symptoms. And I feel like coaching with so many women over the years, I've really seen that how no two cycles are the same. Um, And I'll definitely talk about my personal experience because I notice that I do have big changes in my energy, in my mood, in my, in my training based on whether I'm in my follicular phase, which is that first 14 typically days of the cycle where you get your period. um, And then the week after that and your luteal phase, which is the second half of your cycle um, from ovulation onward. And the biggest things that I'll notice in clients too, is during the follicular phase. And I'm curious if you notice things too, Sarah, I call it like my period power, right? I feel like but until I get my period, right? Once I get my period, my energy is back up. I'm no longer crying for no reason. I'm not feeling as moody. I'm more motivated to get in the gym. And it makes sense. You know, we do have research to back, you know, the different hormonal changes, neurotransmitter changes around our cycle. So during my follicular phase, personally, that is when I'm going to go a little bit harder because I know I can. I know my recovery is going to be better. My energy is going to be better. My motivation to actually get to the gym, which is sometimes a struggle for me, is going to be better. And I just know in my luteal phase to give myself grace if I am feeling some type of way. And that's something that I talk to my clients about too, where they're like, oh my God, I was so run down before my period this week. Like I didn't get to the gym. I feel so bad. And I'm like, hey, it's okay. You know, maybe you didn't need more sleep. And it's it's just being able to find that ebb and flow. I like how you said that grace piece. Cause that's, I think definitely a big thing. And like you were saying, and you know, we were saying before learning to just get to know like your own cycles and your own kind of rhythms and, and fluctuations and energy and strength, um, focus, you know, even, um, for, and for me, like this has kind of been interesting because I, you know, a little, my backstory, I didn't have a period for a very long time. So like overcoming amenorrhea, coming off birth control was a big part of, you know, my own health history and health story. Um, so I didn't have a regular menstrual cycle until summer of 2021. And so that's like not that long, right? I mean, I'm 27. So, um, yeah. So like just kind of learning like my own patterns, it, it it was more so like in retrospect that I was seeing things like, 
oh, okay, like the reason why my deadlift felt like ass two days before my period was that's what usually happens. And that's been happening several months in a row now. So it's not necessarily anything is wrong or anything I need to change. But like you were saying, I need to give myself a little grace if, you know, leg day falls a day or two before my period starts, you know, if strength is down a little bit. And now I know ahead of time to, you know, what I was saying before, auto-regulate a little bit. Maybe I drop the intensity. Um, I drop the weight, you know, a little bit preemptively, um, or I'm just really more mindful of my warm-ups and how the weight is feeling. And I don't judge myself well, I try not to judge myself if I do need to, you know, kind of lower the weight on my compound lifts. But yeah, for me, it's like one or two days before my period starts, maybe day one sometimes where I feel like my strength is down a little bit or just, yeah, a little blah, you know, in general. Um, but then like once my period starts, I normally feel pretty strong, normally have a lot of PRs and, you know, I think a lot of the cycle syncing stuff, I don't, I, I don't know because I honestly, I just don't do it with clients. So I haven't looked into it too much, but I think they normally say like, oh, when your period starts, you pull back. But like you're saying, like, I feel like a lot of people feel better once it actually starts. I've even had clients where they feel fine. And then a couple of days after their period is over, they feel a dip in, in, in energy. So everyone's a little bit different. Definitely. And I think, and again, I don't read a ton about cycle syncing. I do think there are certain people that it could benefit, but I, I think it's over. It's so too complicated. It's just way too complicated to worry about, okay, like this is what day of my cycle I'm on. Should I be doing a spin bike ride or should I be doing a heavy strength workout? You know, cause I think a big difference in what cycle syncing recommends is during one phase of your cycle, which I thought was your follicular, but maybe not. Um, your focusing more on strength, you're focusing more on, you know, hit or high intensity exercise, because you're able to use carbohydrates more effectively, which makes sense, where the second half of your cycle, you're a little bit better at utilizing fat for fuel. So we should do more, you know, moderate to low intensity exercise, um, longer duration. And that's where if you wanted to do that, great. But I agree with what you're saying with you know, just listen to your body. I, we don't change our clients programming, whether they're on their period or not. It's the same strength program, the same recommendations for movement for the most part. And it's just, you know, kind of on them to, to auto-regulate and to have those conversations with us. If they are like, oh my God, I, I'm feeling stuck. My recovery is down. And that's where, you know, tracking biofeedback can be really helpful. And I know you mm -hmm. do this with your clients too, because I have girls all the time where, in the beginning, they're like, oh my God, I was so emotional this week. I had so much acne. Like, I don't know what happened. I was so constipated and I'll like go back in their tracker and like count the days from their last cycle and be like, Hey, so your periods are right around the corner. So this is probably PMS. Like you're going to be fine. And we'll talk through it, but building the awareness and understanding, you know, what usually happens during your cycle can be helpful, but, and going in with that grace, like Sarah mentioned, um, but also not letting it hold you back either. Cause I know I've gone in for workouts where I was like, okay, like I'm really tired today. It's PMS week. This is not going to be that good. And then I start moving and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, this is awesome. I can push. I feel great. I'm feeling amazing. So you, you never really know until you, until you try. Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that was something I wanted to talk about too, is like, I just like, I don't like this idea of like, women are special. We need to baby ourselves. Like, you know, because you're bleeding, like, no, like yes but no like like hear me when I say this like I hear you like 
girls and like I know some you know people have a harder period than others but if we're feeling the need to like drastically change things let's dive into what's going on under the hood like let's like you know get some blood work done like let's look at your your sex hormones let's look at that ratio of estrogen and progesterone let's look at your thyroid let's look at your gut health let's look at your lifestyle because it shouldn't be debilitating right you know and, and neither of us you know, want that to be the status quo for our clients. So, um, yeah, I feel like if you feel the need to drastically change things, like, I feel like that is something to look into. Um, but yeah. And and I think like also kind of shifting gears, like every, every human is unique. So that's where I feel like we can't have like just general recommendations around what to do with your cycle, but then we're unique, like within ourselves, so like some months it might hit you harder than others because of life stuff, right? You know, maybe it was a more stressful month or, you know, you traveled and, and things are different, you know, and some of our, you know, our hormones are just very sensitive to our environment and, you know, some periods again might hit you harder than others. So just being okay with auto-regulating and understanding how to regulate, auto-regulate, I think is, is important. Definitely. And I like how you how you mentioned, you know, some months are going to be different because I don't know about you, but when I have a couple stressful stressful months or I see a client that normally doesn't have horrible periods, goes through a couple, you know, stressful weeks, months, their period hits them like a train and they are going to be more impacted by it because again, you know, stress, our stress hormone cortisol, it directly influences our sex hormones. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of women that do have horrible periods, PMS symptoms, bloating, cramps, seven to 10 days out, heavy bleeds, irregular periods, et cetera, a common hormonal imbalance that we'll see there is very low progesterone. And for in some, you know, relative estrogen dominance. And that low progesterone, especially, is a big culprit of some of these PMS symptoms and is often caused by high stress. Yeah. And sometimes it's something to dive into and something, sometimes it's just something to say like, okay, that's what it is. And, you know, especially my, um, my clients that are like me and maybe coaches themselves or a little more type A, I'm always reminding them, like, not every piece of biofeedback is something to fix. Like sometimes like bodies fluctuate, you know, it is what it is. And we just kind of roll with the punches there. Um, Do you want to talk about like auto-regulating a little bit? Cause I feel like I've talked about you know, auto-regulating, what, like, what does that mean? For sure. For sure. But one note on what you just mentioned too. And I feel like you and I text us, text each other, this stuff all the time where it's just like, Hey, period is early. Period is late. Like what do we like tell each other? And then one of us will be like, okay, how was it last month? Let's see how it is the next month. Right. And just, you know, reminding yourself that just because it happened once or twice, it doesn't mean that that's your new reality. And there might be just some small tweaks in your day to day that you need to make before you dive down into blood work and testing and assuming that something is insanely wrong. It's more just like, hey, let's, you know, acknowledge that this is happening, get curious, it's interesting, and then and then move on. Yes, yes, I definitely need to remind myself of my own advice all the time, too. (laughs) Yeah, me too. We we do a good job of that for each other to some degree. We do. We do. Yes. But yeah, let's let's talk more about what that auto-regulation piece means and maybe some ways that if somebody's struggling with maybe feeling like their nervous system is a little heightened, how they can get started with it. Yeah. So I guess like a first, like 
what I like to tell people is if, and this could be cycle related or not, but if you're just feeling like, like if, if it's a planned training day and you're feeling like, just not sure, like you feel like you could train, but maybe not like, do I rest? Like, what do I do? Go to the gym still like show up, you know, and, and you know, see what happens. And, you know, when you get there, like, I usually recommend like maybe spending a little extra time, you know, with your warm up. So like kind of really feeling into your muscles, into your joints, into your body, and then, you know, load up, you know, whatever, you know, for your first exercise with your normal warm up weight and see how that first warm up set feels, you know, and if it feels like, no, okay, like keep going as planned. If it feels like, holy shit, like this is heavy, like my body feels bad, maybe do something different or, you know, do some mobility, hit the sauna and, you know, do a inclined treadmill walk. Um, you know, still get some movement in. Cause I think you usually do feel better afterward, but I think that's kind of like step one is like still show up to the gym. Again, if you feel like you got hit by a truck, you know, this isn't me saying like, if you're having the worst cramps of your life to still go to the gym, right? Like I'm saying, like, if you're like on the fence, still show up. Um, and I think that's, you know, kind of step one. Um, do you want me to keep going or you want to take it away? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So then are like, okay, so like, what are some examples of like auto-regulating? So maybe you normally train at, so I usually program, um, an RAR or reps in reserve, and that's based off a rate of perceived exertion. So if I am having you train one rep shy of failure, that's going to be an RPE, like nine out of 10. So if I'm programming that for you, but you are again, kind of feeling a little iffy periods about to start feeling a little blah, I give you permission, like as my client or anybody listening to this to adjust. And instead of doing that planned one RAR or an RPE nine that day for training, bring your sets down to an RPE seven or eight, you know, or two or three reps shy of failure. It's still going to be an effective workout. You're still going to get that movement in, but we're just going to kind of lower and adjust the intensity a little bit. Um, you know, maybe you kind of play around with your tempo and, you know, really focus on slow controlled movements, um, and, and make lightweight harder, you know, is one thing that I like to say for people. I really like that one. And that's something that I have found extremely helpful over the last year of just, you know, regulating my hormones and getting back to my full training intensity again is just not beating myself up if I cannot, you know, meet the expectations that I set for myself or that my coach set for me, right? And it's just learning how to have an effective workout that day. Because mm-hmm. going to failure isn't the only way to have an effective workout, you know, doing three sets of every exercise isn't the only way to have an effective workout. You know, some days going in and saying, hey, I'm not feeling that good. I want to move. Maybe you're short on time, whatever it is, and doing as much as you can. That is having an effective workout and still, you know, showing up for yourself in in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. You could totally like go in if you normally do three sets of every exercise, say I'm going to do one or two, you know, and it's again, kind of still a way to get it done, still feel good about it. Um, you know, focus on the skill of lifting is what I really like to tell people because, you know, it's not just about like going in there and beating the logbook and it's not about burning calories. You know, it's, it, it definitely is very much a skill. Um, and again, like if your body is telling you to rest, especially if you're someone that struggles with rest, 
that's probably the right answer. Like it usually never hurts to take an extra rest day is what I tell people. Exactly. Your body is always going to benefit from rest, but it's not always going to benefit from training, especially, you know, if you're under recovered, maybe you're not sleeping as well, because I know a lot of us ladies get insomnia the week before our period where, you know, maybe you're up in the middle of the night a little bit more, you're feeling just a little bit more, you know, on edge, your nervous system just feels overstimulated. And part of auto-regulating too is understanding, you know, what stressors could be, you know, causing that overstimulation feeling in your, Mm -hmm. of your nervous system. And if, I feel like if you, if you get overstimulated, you kind of know what I mean, um, to where, you know, you just feel super anxious. A lot of things feel harder than they normally are. And you're struggling to just balance everything. And that's where we can look at our stress bucket. And this is kind of like taking it up a notch and saying, you know, I'm feeling a little anxious or on edge today. Like I'm not going to have as much caffeine. I should probably cool it with the coffee. Um, or, you know, I want to get up and go to the gym tomorrow. My sleep hasn't been that great. What do you need to do today to be able to go to sleep and have a better training session, um, the next day? Um, and it also comes down to fueling, you know, I think another part of cycle thinking is changing your diet. So do you, what do you think about changing your diet based on the part of your cycle that you're in? So it depends on who I'm talking to, right? Like, am I talking to my client who's intuitively eating and we're learning, you know, kind of how to do that and move away from macro tracking and stuff like that? Like, then yes, maybe the conversation is like, hey, like, let's listen to your body. Like, if you're, you know, craving a little bit more carbs, you know, right now, like, again, like, early follicular phase, like, well, you you know, actually kind of kind of makes sense to kind of you know, be a little more carb heavy because we're a little bit more insulin sensitive during this time. Um, If you're having a lot of cravings around, and this goes macro tracking or not, if you're having more cravings around um, like late luteal phase, like before your cycle starts, like, okay, what are ways that we can maybe A, honor some of that craving and then maybe B, make our foods like a little bit more palatable or kind of still hit our macros while kind of enjoying those cravings. So maybe we do a couple squares of dark chocolate and put it in your protein oats. And it's a way to kind of, kind of scratch that itch, you know, so to speak, or, you know, whatever. But if I'm like having somebody track macros, I'm not changing their macros because they're in their follicular phase or their luteal phase, because one, that's a pain in the friggin' butt. Like I wouldn't want to have to do that. Like to shift your, your macros every, you know, or, two weeks, like have one set of macros and every, you know, two weeks change it. Like it's too stressful. And there's not that much of a difference from what we know right now in your metabolic rate, in your insulin sensitivity to have the need to do that. I agree. I don't think I've literally ever had somebody purposefully change their macros based on their cycle. No, no, I've never done it either. I will say now that I am intuitively eating and have been for a while, I do notice big swings in just my appetite as a whole, just like when I'm hungry versus when I'm not. Um, and that is just something to to be aware of that I find for a lot of us, our hunger is a little bit more elevated during our luteal phase. And that's, you know, before our period's going to come, when we're coming up on PMS, I do notice I'm a little bit hungrier versus, you know, once my period comes and I'm in my follicular phase, I usually just have more normal hunger cues. So that's where, you know, if you are eating intuitively, part of being intuitive is being able to honor that. And I think we're not going to talk too much on intuitive eating here because we have other episodes on that, but 
I think if you, you know, do truly want to embrace that, it's okay to allow yourself to have that variety where some weeks, you know, you are a little bit more carb heavy and some weeks you are a little bit more, you know, fat heavy, or you eat a little bit more, um, whole food versus not as long as, you know, the skeleton of your diet is still there, you know, having protein at your main meals, making sure that you get your fruits and veggies in. Um, and then again, for, like Sarah mentioned, for my ladies that track their macros, we, we'll talk about the same thing. You know, if you're having cravings, okay, well, how can we switch your meals around? So they still meet your needs, but they hit those cravings too, because there's nothing wrong with having cravings. And I've said this a million times on all my podcasts. Um, cravings are just a way to help you decide what you're going to eat. Are you going to have one of your sweet meals? Or are you going to have one of your savory meals? Do you need to have some dark chocolate after your meal? Because there's nothing wrong with doing that, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. So as long as you know you have that baseline of meal balance as a whole, whether you're tracking or not, you should really be able to include the things that you crave throughout your cycle. Totally. Yeah. And it's okay too, like to have an extra 150 or 200 calories one day, like you're not going to blow up. Like I promise, like, and I'll, I'll sometimes do that too for clients. I'll say like, Hey, like let's do an optional 200 calories. So you could just kind of, I don't normally suggest like just doing a 200 calorie snack. Cause sometimes that's not really going to do it, but adding like an extra hundred calories to two meals or 200 calories to a meal, just to kind of like, again, like allow you more flexibility to satisfy that craving or just have some kind of flex macros for increased hunger, you know, if, if hunger is up. The flex macros is a game changer. And I was doing this personally when I was tracking um, and I do it with clients all the time where I'll give them a range for everything, mm -hmm. you know, protein, try to stay between these numbers or, you know, minimum, maximum kind of ordeal. And I feel like a lot of my clients, at least, you know, the ones that come to mind that I am working with for gut health and hormone health, they struggle a lot with just defaulting back to under eating. So mm -hmm. we often use that minimum very heavily to where I'm like, hey, this is the bare minimum that you need to fuel yourself. But if there are days where you're hungrier, maybe you're going out to eat, maybe you're having a period craving, like go hit that higher amount, nourish your body properly. Um, and I find that using that range, because again, you know, metabolism, it, it works on a range, maintaining your weight works on a range, it all does. It gives them the autonomy to be like, oh, like, I was able to eat more calories today. And I felt good about it because, you know, it was my decision. And that's often a step that I'll take with people before we fully go into intuitive eating too. Yeah, I really like that. I really like that. Because yeah, your body is like, I think it's just, it's silly when we step back and think about it, right? They're like, oh, you have to eat exactly 2000 22 calories because you know this calculator told you that like no like your maintenance is a range and you maintain your weight within a range and even if we're talking about dieting or cutting there's room for some flexibility here and if you are working with a coach like absolutely like this is where the communication piece comes into play because you know especially if you work like a, with a coach like you know either of us like we're here to kind of be flexible with you and you know kind of again like work, work with your body and, um, you know, make sure the plan is, has some longevity, you know, built into it. Definitely. And I feel like too, you know, some take-home points, the biggest thing to start with when it comes to, you know, if you're worried about, should I change things for my cycle? Like, do I need to do anything different is just getting curious. How do you feel throughout the weeks of your cycle? Every week may be a little bit different. And then look at that for a couple months and, start to notice trends, but then also just accept that every day is going to be different. 
regardless of what phase of your cycle you're in, there are too many variables that contribute to that. And you have to be able to be in a way flexible with yourself, but also know, you know, when, when you need to hold yourself accountable. Definitely agree. I think just tracking your cycle and learning how to track your cycle is like one of the biggest tools that you could start implementing. So we definitely encourage that. And then what you said, you know, was really like kind of doubling down on some stress management stuff, some recovery inputs, um, you know, the late luteal phase so that you do have like, again, like a little bit more kind of arsenal, you know, against some of these hormone fluctuations and you just kind of double down on some things that are going to make you feel your best, you know, regardless and help with recovery. Awesome. Yeah. And I think too, you know, with those women who maybe, you know, don't have a regular cycle, meaning, you know, you miss periods, they're long or short, or you don't have your cycle altogether. Tracking symptoms at that point can also be really helpful to help you figure out what's going on. But at a certain point, you know, obsessing over them is going to make you crazy. And I feel like we've both been there. We're like, oh my God, why am I constipated today? Why am I so tired? Why, why, why this? And at the end of the day, that's, that's where, you know, writing it down or having like a tracker sheet, like we do with our clients and being like, that's interesting. That's how I felt today. Okay, cool. Like, let's see how I feel tomorrow and just keep taking it day by day because whether we're talking gut hormones, whatever it is, like we're all going to have days where we don't feel optimal and there's not necessarily anything that you did wrong or that you need to do about it, so to speak. And it may have nothing to do with your hormones. Like your hormones Mm -hmm. might be affected, but like yeah, you might be at this phase of your cycle, but you also might have, you know, had a huge fight with your spouse the night before and got three nights or three nights in a row of five hours of sleep. Like, and that might be why, and it's not necessarily your hormones. So yeah. 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 I hope that helps. I just like really want women to have more of a message of empowerment, you know, around your cycle yeah. and not feel like you have to baby yourself or treat yourself like this, like delicate flower because you're having, you know, fluctuations to your hormone levels. Like, listen to your body and, you know, adjust as needed, but don't feel like you need to like baby yourself or that like you're, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to keep going with that, but <laughs> this is what I, I feel like some good takeaways. I agree. And I've definitely been one to baby myself. And I feel like the more that we do that, we become less active, you know, where, where I'm like, okay, I'm really tired. Like, I don't feel good. I'm going to lay on the couch. I'm not going to go for walks. I'm not going to move. And then everything gets worse. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah. it's such a balance. Right. And I think you have to, you have to get to know yourself. You have to like practice that honesty. Like, am I, am I somebody that normally needs to be told to get up off the couch or am I somebody that needs to be told to sit my ass down and Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of like, kind of using that knowledge to maybe guide some decisions. Yeah. 100%. I feel like you and I, at least at this point in life are opposites on that to where it's like, we talk about it, um, you know, day to day, week to week. And it's, it's interesting to see. But that's where knowing yourself and knowing your friends can be really helpful. And knowing it can shift depending on where you're at in your life. Yes, 100%. But cool. Well, if you like this episode, please subscribe. And I will leave Sarah's Instagrams in the show notes. So that way you can connect with her there. Um, Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And again, um, we will see you next week.